Welcome to the 15th Club with your hosts, Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers. Ed and Scotty will bring you up to date on all the big news in the world of golf every Saturday from 5 to 6. It is time to tee it high and let it fly. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sayers, and this is Sports Saturday on KLBJ Radio, the 15th Club, part of our Sports Saturday. We talk golf and football this hour, all football next hour. Glad you're with us. We're broadcasting live from Dirty Martin's Place, the iconic hamburger joint uh, on Guadalupe, where a lot of Longhorn basketball fans have gathered after the the game. Texas won today 77-50 over Houston Christian, so a lot of people watching football now. We are watching the Westlake Chaparrales against North Shore of Houston. Also, Army-Navy on the big screen TV. Going to be a big night here because you will have the Heisman Trophy tonight uh, ceremony, and also the mid-season NBA Finals tonight. I'm Ed Clements, along with Scotty Sayers. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and ABC Bank with assistance from the Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Munich Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Adele Golf, Zilker Belts, and Tyrios, a new way to invest in real estate, www. Terios.ai. Scotty, we got a great lineup of guests tonight. Our friend Matt Janella from the Fire Pit Collective and a noted golf rider and a great friend of the show will be on just a little bit to talk about the rollback of the golf ball and John Rahm. And then a visit with our friend Vern Lundquist, formerly of CBS Sports, at 5.30 to talk all things sports. He's still CBS Sports, still does a Masters. That's right. <laughs> he does. He, he does. He's done it for about 45 years. So Vern comes along at 5.30. Good afternoon to you. We're watching football right now. Army's defeating Navy 10-3 to 3, uh, in uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. And we're watching the Westlake Chaparrales trying to come back against Houston North Shore, or it's actually Galena Park North Shore. North Shore is defeating Westlake 17-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Westlake, two-time state champion. This, this would be potentially their first loss in a long, long time against this very good Galena Park North Shore team. Ed, last week we were right in the middle of all the different uh, machinations of who was going to be the in the college football playoffs. And we said that if Georgia got beat, if Alabama won, that Florida State would be the team that really got screwed. They, they, I mean, they, let's they, face they it. Did. And, yeah. they, and they did. I mean, they won every game, which is all the team can do. Uh, but once Alabama was in, Texas had to be in as well. And uh, so that was great news for us. Yeah, it was but, great, uh, great news for the Longhorns. Yeah, we'll talk about it next hour. Longhorns versus Washington. Uh, that's going to be the late game on January 1st. Before that, it's going to be Michigan and Alabama, but yeah, Florida State, I, I feel for those guys. We'd be going bonkers if that happened to Texas, if Texas would have won all their games. They, Florida State did everything they were asked to do, yeah. but realistically, they were not the same team without their quarterback. No, but they got a great defense. Oh, oh boy, is it good. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. Listen, Houston Christian, Texas played basketball over at the Moody today. Yeah. Not a really good home schedule this year. I hate to knock it because I love UT basketball. I'm not familiar with Houston Christian. Can you tell me something? I'm not either. When I thought it was Houston Christian, I said, well, then they mean Houston Baptist? No, it wasn't Houston Baptist. It was Houston Christian. So, uh, yeah, it's not been a good non-conference schedule at the Moody Center. It's just not been very good at all, and I hate that. But, you know, the Longhorns will have some good good 
non-conference games minus Kansas. Kansas not coming into town. Oklahoma's coming. No. Texas Tech uh, and, and others. So it, it's going to get a lot better towards the end of the month. And Shaka's team laid it on us middle of last week. Marquette, uh, they're really good. Yeah. They are really, really yeah, they, good, very athletic, good yeah. shooters. And they they used the home game to their advantage. They uh, did. They I mean, did. They, they really got the crowd into that game. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't play well at all. Well, but, sa- uh, sadly, the Longhorns have another non-conference game next week on the road in Houston against LSU, which I hate like crazy uh, because that game needed to be in Baton Rouge or Austin. But for the Houston fans, it's going to be – uh, in in uh, Houston next, I guess next Saturday, Texas and LSU, which should be a very very fine matchup. They've always done that for recruiting in the past, but I don't think they need to do that anymore. I mean, just have those games home and home, exactly, and give us some good home games non-conference on the schedule. We, we were we got lucky last year when Texas fans got to see uh, Gonzaga, yeah. got to see whoever who was uh, Creighton, and uh, then the regular. A Big 12 game. Sadly, again, uh, the Big 12 kind of stuck it to Longhorn fans because we don't get Kansas in Austin. We we go play Kansas uh, in in Lawrence, but we don't get a home game with the the Kansas Jayhawks. What I yeah. hate because I love to watch Bill Self and crew come in with the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think Texas probably will finish third or fourth in the Big 12 if I had to guess right now. I mean, uh, Kansas is really good. U of H. Really good. Really good, yeah. And so, um, I mean, if we're third or fourth, we might be a seven or eight seed. If things play out without injuries, and you never know in the basketball season. But let's talk golf. Let's get Matt Janella on. Let's take a break. This is the 15th Club from Dirty Martins. Next week, we'll have drink specials, uh-huh. food our specials. Christmas party. Yeah. Our Christmas party, that's right. Yeah. And then we'll take a break for Christmas and December 30th. Uh, Ed and Ben will be at the Sugar Bowl. Yes, we'll be at Pat, O'Bri- Pat O'Brien's broadcasting live. Pat O'Brien's. Well, there's other <laughs> bars down there. I think there's one where a girl is in a bathtub or something drinking champagne. There's all those wild things on, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be there. on Bourbon Street. And I know yeah. you're looking forward to being down there, but okay. being serious about the football game. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll be with Matt Janella from the Fire Pit Collective. A little later, Vern Lundquist from CBS Sports with us. This is the 15th Club. Live from Dirty Martins, the iconic hamburger joint on Guadalupe. Come and see us on KLBJ. I love those J-I-N-G-L-E bells. All those holiday J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Hi, this is Luke Wilson, and you're listening to The 15th Club with Scotty Sayers and Ed Clements on KLBJ. Yes, I love those jingles. Thanks so much, our great friend Luke Wilson, Hollywood actor. Part-time Austin resident, golfing friend of Scotty. Thanks for being with us here on the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, part of Sports Saturday, broadcasting live from Dirty Martin's Place, the iconic burger joint on the drag where we're watching football right now and talking golf. Let's get you up to date. Galena Park North Shore leads the Westlake Chaparral 17-14. Late, late, late. Two minutes to play in this game. Galena Park leads 17-14. Westlake, the two-time defending state champion. This game being played in Pflugerville. Uh, Westlake needs a comeback, needless to say, Scotty, to keep this magnificent streak they have going on uh, as the Chaparral's trying to do it again against against Galena Park. And they're not going to do it because it looked like Galena Park just intercepted a pass, and they're going to get the ball back inside the Westlake 20. This could be curtains for the Chaparral's. Also, Army leading Navy 10-3. Uh, tonight, we will learn the Heisman Trophy winner. 
Uh, last night we learned uh, Tavondre Sweat of the Longhorns, the big defensive lineman, uh, the Outland Trophy, the best defensive lineman in the country. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little later with Ben. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. The big news story of the day in golf this week, Scotty, was John Rahm, the Spaniard, the defending Masters champion, uh, after spending the last two years saying he would not join the Live Tour has joined the Live Tour for reportedly $300 million. I was very, very surprised because John Rahm was very steadfast in telling everybody he could a year ago he would never join the Live Tour. Your thoughts? Well, it's a lot, of, a lot more chaos. Um, boy, that's a whole lot of money. Yeah. And at least during his interviews, he did say part of the reason he did it was for the money. It sure. wasn't for the good of the game. Or I mean, he mentioned that as well. Uh, John Rahm seems an honorable guy, and um, he said he told his agent not to even bring him offers until it was worthwhile for him to think about. Wow. And I guess this was worthwhile. Now, this is only three weeks before the deadline for Liv and the PGA Tour to come to some kind of a agreement and on, on things going forward. All of a sudden, any of these groups that are thinking about investing in the PGA Tour, along with the PIF fund from Saudi Arabia, um, whether it be Endeavor or BlackRock or the Fenway Group, well, now all of a sudden the PGA Tour has lost one of their best three players. They have, yeah. And then there's rumors that Tony Finau and Terrell Hatton, Terrell Hatton, may be going as well. And of course, Cantlay and Xander. You know, I guess the question I'm asking you, Ed, is is Will that change you watching live? Let's, let's bring on our Let's guest. bring on our expert, Matt Janella, our friend from the Fire Pit Collective and a note of golf rider here, friend of the show. Matt, welcome back to the 15th Club on KLBJ. Good afternoon. And we're talking about John Rahm's decision to join live. I was surprised. Your thoughts on John Rahm taking the dough, Matt, and welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Always, always great to be with you. Um, was I surprised about John Rahm taking the dough? I, I don't think, um, given the, the 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 evolution of what was happening as it relates to the PGA Tour, and then ultimately, you know, kind of understanding, you know, once the once the tour, you know, came to the table, and the walls were down with the PIF and. They had, you know, they had come to the, you know, the the agreement to come to an agreement that they were going to try to come to an agreement. I mean, it, the whole thing is just absolutely bizarre to me. But once that happened, and given the fact that Phil and Rom share an agent and have, you know, the, the, this relationship, like, no, I, I just don't think I was surprised. I guess I'm a little surprised because I thought a little bit of the agreement was that the players weren't going to be it. They weren't going to be poaching each other anymore. So that was kind of, that was a little surprising to me. But, um, but the idea that, you know, when you're trying to compete with, you know, you know, that bottomless pockets, that amount of money and, and knowing that players play for money, it, it, it it's just, it just doesn't surprise me, honestly. So it's chaos now because we thought that the the tour and uh, 
and Liv were trying to come towards some kind of an agreement by the end of the year, and all of a sudden you've got nothing but chaos. Uh, yeah. And then the rumors that Tony Finau and Terrell Hatton are going to jump over to Liv as well. So uh, it kind of takes some of these investment groups out of the picture, or at least they're going to reassess how they're going to invest in the PGA Tour going forward. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think we could sit here and speculate all the all afternoon, but we don't know what's going to happen. And Jay Monahan's got a disaster uh, on his hands yeah. to try to deal with. I I was listening to the to the interview uh, that Monahan recently did with the, the New York Times, and I and I you know we followed this very closely. I, honestly, guys, and I tweeted this out, you know, this week. I. I I really have just completely, totally lost interest in professional, in men's professional golf at this point. Until further notice, I don't really, I, I, I you know, I don't begrudge the fact that they're all getting rich. I, I, you know, I, you know, I guess that that's sort of the point of what they do, and they they chase it, right? I mean, they, these guys have. You know, I mean, we all know anybody in the game of golf that that follows the game knows what it takes to try to get to be able to make a living playing the game of golf. That's not an easy thing to do. I mean, it's no. there's a very select number of people who actually achieve the ability to make a living playing golf, and and meanwhile, we see the hundred or so that do it very successfully, and there's thousands that risk everything and don't make it right that we don't ever even hear about or know about and it's 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 hard so so for i you know i don't feel like i'm judging the people who take the money i'm just judging the product we're being served as fans and if i'm judging the product we're being served as fans which is sort of this watered down version of the pga tour and this other thing that's known as the live tour that I don't even really know actually where to see it or watch it. Like, I, I just don't, I don't work that hard to try to follow it. And then the structure of whatever that is, as they're trying to figure whatever that is out. Meanwhile, I just, I just find myself gravitating to other things. I, I, I really do. I, well, I well, find, you know, well, Matt, I mean, the one thing we're all gravitating towards is our love for the game and municipal golf and the average everyday golfer that we've kind of tuned out uh, until it's all settled what's happening with professional golf and the game is booming uh, that's the one good piece of news i know you follow architecture closely and your fire pit collective has some of the best podcasts and and best writings about golf uh, this ball rollback what do you think about that you have any thoughts on how that's going to affect the game? I mean, it doesn't even take effect for five years. Twenty twenty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that is, I mean, so it all also very well said, Scotty. In terms of you know what it what it does do is definitely gets me hyper focused on you know my favorite golfer, right? Which which I think we can all say is ourselves, right? Like that, our game is the one that we really. We've been tending to our whole lives, uh, you know, being able to play with our friends, our family, our kids, our, you know, in some cases, grandkids, our, 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 our parents, our grandparents. Like, the game, yeah, and that's, that's a, a very important distinction that I think has become very, very clear now more than, any, more than ever. 
the people who get paid to play versus the people who pay to play, right? And so I just find, yes. And meanwhile, we have this boom in the game of golf. We've got the game making way more sense as it relates to, uh, you know, the, the amount of time we're spending playing shorter courses, par three courses, putting courses. As I pointed out recently, the, the last four additions to Bandon Dunes have been a short course by Bill and Ben. At the preserve, you got the sheep ranch, which is a shorter, a shorter course that's really hyper focused on a fun factor. You got shorties, you got the punch bowl putting course. <clears throat> I love where the game is going as it relates to the governing bodies deciding now to make this announcement now that they feel like after proposing to the professionals and the elites and the manufacturers to have some sort of rollback because they feel like the ball's going too far and having them pass on that rollback, so therefore it kicks, they kick the can down to the masses, that's frustrating to me as well. <laughs> like, I just find this timing of this, the, 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 the structure of the rollback, the, the, you know, whether it's going to affect me or not at my swing speed five, seven years from now, <laughs> or whether like I did like I like I'm uh, rolling back is already happening for me right I, I I'm recently fifty I am being rolled back by my physical and you know limitations so rollback happens already I don't see why the governing bodies need, feel the need to impact anything relating to the avid amateur in fact dragging us through this PR nightmare and whatever's going to happen and transpire over the course of the next five years seems very, very um, unnecessary. Matt Janella with us from the Fire Pit Collective. Matt, oh, as you said, you'll be watching the majors. We're going to be watching the majors. It's going to be an interesting champion's dinner with our friend Ben Crenshaw being <laughs> the master of ceremonies. And he looks over and John Rahm, now the live tour. That's going to be very interesting for Ben, don't you think? Uh, I mean, I cherish, uh, I cherish Ben Crenshaw. I, I, I wish we had more of him in this world. And I, I can only imagine, you know, what he, uh, what he's going through as he tries to process, you know, where he came from and the tour he played on and what he did to become successful and the money he made versus the money they're making. Now, I, I just have no idea you know, uh, what he must be thinking or feel, but, um, uh, thank God we have, uh, people like Ben in, in this world. I, Matt, I, you know, Matt, Matt, thank you so much for your time. We got a break for the news. Much success. Hope to talk to you before Augusta. Thanks yeah. for being with us on the 15th club on KOBJ radio. Always a pleasure guys. Take care of my best to Austin. Thanks, Thanks so much. Matt. Matt Janella of Bye -bye. the Fire Pit Collective. Thanks so very much. Coming up after the news, a visit with our friend Vern Lundquist to talk John Rahm, the golf ball, college football, and much, much more. This is the 15th Club, live from Dirty Martin's Place. We're broadcasting here till 7 o'clock tonight. Come on down and watch the Heisman Trophy and college basketball and more. With its Christmas time in Texas. It's a very special time to me. Howdy, folks. This is Ray Benson of A Sleepy Wheel, and you're listening to The 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on News Radio 590 KLBJ. Thank you so much, Ray. Ray was in Cedar Park last night for a big Christmas concert. Her, it was great. Welcome back to The 15th Club here on KLBJ Radio, proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. 
A couple of football updates for you. Army has defeated Navy 17-11, and the state of Texas' longest win streak in high school football is over. Galena Park North Shore has just upset Westlake High School 17-14, so the two-time defending state champion Chaparrales lose this afternoon over in Pflugerville. With us now on the 15th Club Live line is one of the all-time great broadcasters in United States sports history. His name is Vern Lundquist of CBS Sports. He'll be doing the Masters Tournament again in April. Vern was honored last week in Atlanta at the SEC Championship game, the final CBS SEC Championship game, and joins us now. Vern, welcome back to the 15th Club. How are you? We've been talking about John Rahm going to the Live Tour. Let's talk a little golf first. Your thoughts about John Rahm saying he's going to go play on uh, the Live Tour for the Saudi Arabians. Go ahead. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ed, and thanks for a nice, easy topic to start <laughs> our conversation. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> no, I've, I've got very strong feelings about it, mostly about the fact that for two years, John Rahm has insisted that he was loyal to the PGA Tour and that uh, he had no, he didn't like the format, he wasn't about to go, and then all of a sudden money spoke. I guess that was it. I can't imagine it was any other reason. But uh, I'm to say I'm disappointed uh, would be a drastic understatement. I, you know, I guess guys do what they think they have to do, but uh, this one reeks of hypocrisy. Yeah, I mean, I think, Vern, the the money was, um, it was, I don't know if it was life-changing for him or not. He's already got a lot of money. But um, I'm wondering if they are going to change their format. As Ed said, and, and as John Rahm said before, he wouldn't come over to live unless the format changed, which I assume means more players in a tournament um, and probably 72 holes. But, you know, the world points don't really matter a whole lot to John Rahm since he won the Masters last year. He's he's taken care of for the majors going forward. So maybe that's what changed his mind. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, uh, I, I can't figure out uh, what goes on. You know, you, you got Tiger turning it down and uh, Jordan Spieth and, and – uh, uh, but, you know, guys do what they feel they have to do, I, I guess. Uh, just, I personally, I, I have so many personal objections to the funding of Live Golf. I think, you know, that's a, that's a murderous regime. And I can't get that out of my mind. Now, well, I realize I'm saying this with one of my best friends uh, in, in the world of golf, David Faraday. And he took the money. But at least he didn't say that he was going to grow the game. He said, I'm going because they're paying me millions of dollars of money. So, yeah. Well, well let's at least for David. Well, let's move on to something easier to talk about, although it may not be easy to talk about, and that's, that's football and the college football playoffs. You were at the SEC game last week when Alabama beat Georgia, and Georgia – Good gosh, they're a good team. Great and to, team, yeah. And to be left out, we could kind of see the writing on the wall, though. Once once Alabama was the SEC champ, that meant that if they got in, Texas would have to get in, and 
poor Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State, three really good teams. Was it fair to Florida State that they didn't get in, and was it fair to Georgia that they did not get in? Vern, your thoughts on the Final Four? Well, I guess the, my, my, my association with the SEC, Scotty, uh, comes to the forefront here. Uh, that uh, that uh, I think the committee, and they had a tough, tough task, but 13 members of them uh, thought that Florida State, without their starting quarterback, and with the second quarterback uh, who couldn't play last week, uh, was going to be hampered. I was, I was, I understand why Florida State feels bitterly about the decision to let them out as an undefeated team. But, you know, if the task of the committee was to pick the four best teams, and I don't know how you make the decision between best and deserving, but I think that in that case, the committee got it right. Uh, that, that, you know, you, if Alabama was going to get in, you knew Texas would get in. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I, I, I guess the committee was correct. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean that that one versus four and two versus three. Uh, I don't know that Washington is going to welcome the Texas encounter. Talk about that game, Vern, because we'll see Michael Penix in New York City. He's one of the Heisman finalists. Texas played them in the Alamo Bowl game last year and got beat by Washington. Uh, Texas is favored by four and a half points. How do you see that thing turning out on January first in New Orleans? Well, I think I, I I do think uh, Texas might have the better team. I know that you know uh, Washington with Penix uh, had a sensational season, uh, not the least of which was in knocking off Oregon twice with Bo Nix, who is is a Heisman finalist. He's in New York tonight, but uh, uh, and I think I think Alabama. And Michigan is going to be an interesting, interesting battle. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'm a homer here, uh, having grown up in Austin. But I like I like uh, Quinn Ewers and the rest of those guys. I kind of like their chances. I do. I do too, Vern, because I, they're playing great. Quinn's playing at a really, really high, high level right now. I think it's a very good chance that Texas goes in. Uh, to the national championship game, and I believe it's going to be Alabama. Ben Clements is with us and has a question for you, Vern. Hey, Vern, uh, sure. you've watched a lot of SEC football. Nick Saban has been quoted saying this is some of his finest work he's done with this team. Talk about what Nick Saban has done from week two from their loss to Texas till now with this Alabama football team. Well, I think it is one of his best coaching jobs. Uh, you know, this was a team, uh, Carson Beck came on and and uh, had a heck of a year at quarterback. But uh, I don't think, as, as was demonstrated to me in whatever week two or week three, uh, when Texas went to Tuscaloosa, I mean, nobody realistically goes to Tuscaloosa and wins. That hadn't happened much at all. Uh, I do remember, though, and Saban would hate me for bringing this up, that in his first year in Alabama, they lost at home to, I think it was Louisiana Monroe. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do believe, uh, I, you know, somehow he's got an, uh, the the eraser out, eraser out, and that's going to disappear from his record. But Vern, you, 
Vern, you may, I don't mean to interrupt you. I do want to ask you this question. You made so many iconic calls when you were calling SEC football, and I know you had to be watching the Auburn-Alabama game this year. Can you? I mean, I know you would wish you could have made that call. What a what an ending oh. to a game. Well, and and I, I I was with Brad Nessler and Gary, of course, and Jenny Dell uh, last week. But I thought Brad Nessler's call on that touchdown pass from Milrow to Isaiah Bond was one for the ages. You remember what he said? Bond. Isaiah Bond. (laughs) (laughs) It was just perfect. That is perfect. Vern, let me ask you, it is a strange world in college football. We learned today that Oklahoma starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel will now go to Oregon. He will quarterback for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. I, I, I scratch my head over college football because here's a guy that was a star for Oklahoma, now going west, young man, go west for goodness knows how much money to play for Oregon. It's a wacky world in college football. Well, and, and you know, those of us who are of a traditional uh, nature detest what's going on. I mean, I just, my gosh almighty the upheaval and the nil i mean i've i've thought for years and years and years that college football players should be compensated in some way but this nil thing and and lord knows the money that's out there now uh who was it somebody i guess in the aac i can't remember which coach he said i can't get a quarterback for less than a million that what? was Matt. That was Matt Rule of Nebraska. He said one to two million, and he still doesn't have That's a quarterback. Right. Yeah, That's Matt Rule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm mean, off, I often wonder what our friend Daryl Royal would say about this. He would. I know oh, he would detest this. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. I think he would have just retired. I mean, you know, he he got fed up with some of the things going on behind the scenes in college oh, football re- when, when he retired, remember? I, I know. I know. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. <clears throat> I know the story of why he gave it up. And there was a coach at Oklahoma named Barry Switzer. Yes. And, yes. and uh, well, let me see if I can get close to being exact on this. Uh, coach was called Daryl would only make an in-home visit if it was absolutely necessary. And Mike Campbell was his defensive coordinator, and Mike was recruiting West Texas. And he was in either Midland or Odessa. Uh, my, my memory is not as good as it used to be. But Mike called him and he said, Coach, we need to, need to get you out here. And it was for one of the Shepherd brothers, each of whom, I think there were three, they each of each of them wound up going to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah, yeah. But Daryl went because Mike told him to come, and he waited. He went into, he knocked on the door, and was allowed in the house. And he sat down in a rocking chair, and whichever one of these kids it was, showed up an hour later. An oh. hour later, for the University of Texas head football coach Uh. and when the kid came in he looked at Daryl and he said coach you're sitting in my chair oh Oh. my oh my (laughs) 
Oh, and my. And Daryl said, that was it. Wow. That's, and, I'm, wow. I've never heard that no. story. Oh, my well, gosh. <laughs> Coach Royal told that to me. And you you guys know, I mean, I had two two heroes when I was growing up. One was was uh, uh, Doak Walker, and the other was Coach Royal. And I couldn't pick two better role models in my life than those two guys. Uh, Vern, uh, give us a weather report in Steamboat Springs. How's everything in Colorado today? It's a balmy 19 degrees. Oh, my. <laughs> well, uh, we- two, of, two of the three at this table are in shorts right now. It's going to get cold in Austin <laughs> tomorrow, but, but man, oh, man. Yeah. And in conclusion, we were we were talking uh, with Matt Janella of the Fire Pit Collective. It's going to be an interesting champions dinner for our friend Ben Crenshaw when he introduces John Rom, the newest member of the. Oh Lord Tour. my gosh! Oh. <laughs> well, I, I remember was it last year, Scotty and Ed? Do you remember when when I was out on the sidewalk and Ben came down from the champions dinner, and I said, "How was it?" And he said. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be it'll be really interesting this year. Yeah, he was relieved I last wonder, year. I wonder Ben will sit between Phil and John. You think? <laughs> uh, he'll sit by John, I assume, yeah. uh, as the past champion. Yeah. I don't know that Phil That's will right. be will be in the vicinity. <laughs> Phil Phil yeah, will be with right. the other. Phil will be with the rebels like Patrick Reed and Sergio. And all the other guys, and kind of the side, I guess. I don't know. Hey, yeah, thank, you. I, I, thank, I, thank you for the visit. We appreciate it. Have a great Christmas, and we will talk to you soon. And continued great health, you and Nancy. But thank you for being with us on the on the 15th Club. Well, Ed, thank you, and say hi to Betsy and, and Scotty. Give our best to Julie, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you guys, too. Merry Christmas to you. We look forward to seeing you at your uh, headliners event in yes. uh, early next year. It'll and, be fun. Uh, yeah. It'll be great. You know Always good to have you in Austin. You? you know who our guest is? Yes. Yes, we do. We do. David Faraday. David Faraday. Yep. That, that ought to be a quiet an evening. Quiet it evening. will be. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Thanks, Thanks to me. Thank you so Love much. You very Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye Love now. Bye. Bye-bye now. Love you. Fern Lunk with CBS Sports. Uh, frequent guest on the 15th Club and the End Zone Club. He also needs to be the greatest. He He's is the greatest. greatest. He's the he, greatest. he is. He's the greatest. College football, golf, done it all. Started off, uh, you know, working for this radio station. I think if you took 100 people and you, and you played his voice, that is the most notable voice in sports. we got to take right. a break. After this break, we'll conclude this show with the 15th Club. Don't go away, though. End Zone Club, all hour of football here on KLBJ. Back right after this. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his Back to Austin Golf Talk on the 15th Club with Ed Clemens and Scotty Sears. I'm Larry Gatlin, and I'm listening on KLBJ Phone App from Nashville. Boy, there's nothing better than the Gatlin brothers singing. That is fantastic. Welcome back to the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio. We're broadcasting live from the greatest hamburger joint and sports watching place in Austin, Dirty Martin's Place on Guadalupe, where they'll be having all sorts of basketball tonight. The Heisman Trophy uh, announcement will be coming in just a little bit here from Dirty Martin's as well. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank with assistance from Tyrios, a new way to... 
invest in real estate, go to www.terios.ai. Zilker Belts, Adele Gall, Donna Ross Sportswear, the Munich Conservancy, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, and the Salt Lake Barbecue, among others. Thanks to all our great sponsors here on the 15th Club, End Zone Club to follow. And a little party next week here. We're just going to have drink specials and some yes. giveaways. We'll do some giveaways and right. food specials as we celebrate um, the Christmas season. That's right. Hanukkah season, all the different uh, holidays here at Dirty Martin's, our fall home. And then... You and Ben will be at the Sugar Bowl That's on right. December 30th yes. for the last broadcast of the year for the 15th Yeah, we're going to be, the end zone club. be at the Media Hotel, the Sheraton. Or for that, well, we could find maybe uh, Pascal Manali's or where else? Mr. B's. We could find some place. Uh, oh, be a lot man. of fun. A lot of fun in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, I'll... I'll be here probably at Dirty's having a hamburger. Having a hamburger. Which is not a bad deal. Boy, Vern Lundquist is so great. Thanks to Vern for being on. Ben, you said you saw a list this week of he's one of the most iconic voices. Yeah, he was named one of the the five most iconic voices in, in sports broadcasting history, so... Along with, uh, along with, uh, it was Howard Cosell, Jim Nance, Jack Buck. Um, who did I say that? Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. Yeah. yeah, boy, that'd be hard to narrow it down oh, to, man. to five. All right, let's talk ball rollback right quick before we okay. uh, move to the end zone club. Uh, ben, is that going to give you nope. sleepless nights? Nope. I, it is, <laughs> I think I, I agree with Rory. It's being blown way out of proportion. Yeah. If you are if you are a, a leisure golfer like us three, what do you care? It's it's not a big deal uh, because it's so far away. For amateurs, I think it's 2030. For the pros, it's 2028. And honestly, by that time, agronomy's going to be better. The ball's going to roll further. I mean, agronomy's a big reason people are hitting it further. Mm-hmm. But people are in better shape physically. Mm-hmm. It's just a 4 or 5% difference, yeah. which, you know, you might be mad that you got to hit a, you know, a different rescue into a, Par four, like you and I do, Ed. Sure. As you know, as Old senior guys, golfers, yes. yeah. but it's not gonna it's not gonna make a big difference. It, it will affect the pros. I heard Lucas Glover on his show on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio say he had one of the proto- prototype new balls this week, a Strixon. He said he, he hit he hit his great drive, and it was 45 yards less. So I think I think the max is 317 for the pros, which could affect some guys. Yeah, that I mean that's the testing speed. That doesn't mean that that Bryson DeChambeau is not going to still hit it 360. Yeah, uh, he just might not hit it 375. Yeah. Uh, so well, you know we live in a long ball age and in the PGA Tour, but I seem to recall didn't Zach Johnson win the Masters not going for a single par five? And he also won at St. Andrews. So, yeah, you know what? These guys are still pros. And, yeah, they're going to lose a little, little bit of yardage. But that's why they get the big bucks to chip and putt. I think, Ben, that's a great point. Shot makers, uh, it's going to bring the shot making back. And instead of a guy like Bryson saying, I'll just overpower the course. I mean, he admits that. Mm-hmm. He just hits it so far that, you know. And it will uh, make uh, St. Andrews viable. It'll make Marion viable. Some of the great old golf courses that it'll, it'll they help can't a little o- bit. They can't overpower. It will help them some. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're in the design business with your friends Ben Crenshaw, and Bill Core. You guys don't go eight thousand yards. You don't do that. No, it's more strategic golf and and playing from different angles and uh, when you know and making sure the holes go different ways for wind conditions and you don't have all the holes you know going out and all of them coming in so that you have. 
You just want a cross-section of strategic golf. It doesn't have to be long and hard. And um, uh, anyway, I, I, I don't think it's to keep these courses from being obsolete. I think it's a matter of drawing a line in the sand, saying the ball can't continue to go further and further. One more golf note. I got to play twice this week. I played at Muni yesterday, Lions Municipal, in really good shape, and played at Butler Pitch and Putt spectacular greens at Butler Pitching but hey we got to go Scotty it's been fun stay along if you like to for the end zone club don't go away after the news we talk a lot of football Philly at Dallas tomorrow we'll break it down next and get you up to date on all the scores here on KLBJ